All right, so here we go. We're going to jump in real quick. Uh, I just want to take a minute to introduce myself. My name is Lance Perupski. Uh, my wife and I, Angel, uh, we co-lead a church in Wadsworth, Ohio called Radiant Life. And uh, we also planted a second campus about five months ago in Highland Square in Akron. And uh, I, ha- I have the privilege of being a dad of three beautiful teenage girls. But you heard me right, three teenage girls. So pray for me. We even have a female dog. I- outnumbered everywhere I go. So it is what it is. I also had the privilege of serving as the presbyter of the greater Akron area. Uh, and that's enough about me, and we're going to jump into some things. Uh, so a couple of things I want to do today is I just want to have conversation. I want to talk. And um, one of the things I'm just going to ask is you write some things down. Maybe not things I've said, um, but just write some things down. Um, for instance, something like this. What tools or resources or thoughts are you hoping to leave with from this session? Right? What tools, resources, or thoughts are you hoping to leave with from this session? Because so often we, go, we will find what we go looking for. Right? If you're looking for your keys for your car, you will tear apart anything and everything to find those keys, and you won't stop until you find them. Why? Because you know what you're looking for. When you come to a class, what, what are you looking for? What do you hope to learn? What's, what's a nugget of truth? You go, man, if I could leave with anything, this is what I want to leave with. And then also, because maybe I don't hit something that you're like, oh, I wrote this down, and that's what I'm going to leave with. And uh, maybe at the end, when we have Q&A, you go, hey, what about this? And here's the great thing about this team that's in this room. Uh, there are people who are more educated and smarter about this topic than I am, and they're probably already in this room. And so we can learn together. We can grow together. And so I hope that I don't have to answer questions at the end, but you collectively can help us all answer questions at the end so we can glean and learn from each other. Uh, so here we go. Um, One thing I want you to write down. You ready for this? If you can implement one strategy in your church when it comes to guests or culture, what would it be? Right? You can implement one strategy when it comes to guests or culture in your church. What would it be? Because that's the answer I hope you get today. But not only that, typically we know what we're already feeling. We want we know what we want to experience. But maybe one, we don't either we don't feel empowered enough to make that decision. Or we haven't contacted the right person in regards to that decision, but we see it. And so at my house and at the church, we always say this, see a need, meet a need. See it, do it. So you walk by a piece of paper on the floor and you don't pick it up. Oh, what happened? See it, do it. We call it out right there. You're right. You're right. My bad. I need to pick that up. I got to put that in the trash. Why? It's, it's a culture. See it, do it. See it, do it. Meet it. See a need, meet a need. All right. And so we implement that right away. And so, man, what's one strategy at your church when it comes to guest or culture that you would want to see happen, right? Every church has a culture. Not every church has first-time guests, right? Every church has a culture. Your church has a culture. The church you attend, maybe the church you pastor, it has a culture. It just may not have first-time guests. But if we're not having first-time guests, then maybe we need to backtrack and look at the culture. Like, why is it that people aren't coming? Why aren't we experiencing or seeing uh, Maybe you live in a town as the population is on the, the decline. We see that. But most populations of towns, even if it's small, trend upward. Right? What are we doing to reach those that are lost? So every church has a culture. Not every church has first-time guests. All right? Let me ask you a few more questions. This one, I'm just going to – what are you known for in the community? Right? If, if, what's your name? When someone says, and you fill in the blank, the name of your church – what do, they, what do they respond with? Because you're getting a good definition of your culture. 
Like, what are you known for? When someone says, you know, first church of, people go, oh, I love that church. That church is so, fill in the blank, it's so giving, they're so generous, they're, they're so loving, they're so kind. Man, that church makes you feel like you could take on the world. My buddy Conan, he loves to say like this, man, that, when you leave that church, you feel like you could take on hell with the squirt guns, right? Like that's, man, that church, ah, oh, they're passionate, they're, and you fill in the blank. So what are you known for? What are you known for? We say it like this, uh, if your doors of your church shut tomorrow, would your community be affected, impacted in some way? Would they go, oh, man, that, I can't believe that church shut. Where are and how are we going to, right? Would they be impacted in any way? Another question. Um, hear me on this one. If a secret shopper, how many know what a secret shopper is? Like stores do it all the time. Like you send in somebody, they're paid, they come in, and they, they get to shop in your store. They want to see what you do, why you do. They're, they're looking at customer service. They're looking at cleanliness. And, man, they're making this list. If we sent a secret shopper to your church, and secret means you don't know when they're coming, right? Don't, don't have a secret shopper come in to your church and plan for it. Like three weeks from today. So what do we got to do? We got to fix everything. Right? We're going to make this place look great. Why? Because we want people to experience the fake us. No, have somebody come in when you don't know so they could experience the real you. Right? It's that whole when someone comes and rings your doorbell but you didn't invite anybody over and you have to pray about whether you're going to answer the door or not. <laughs> like, no, they're Jehovah's Witness. Don't go. No, it's a board member. Open the door. Don't do it. <laughs> like, no. Why? It's like, because I don't want them to see how we really live. It's just be you, right? Just be you. So if we send a secret shopper in, what would they say about your church? What would they say about the ministry that you lead? Because right there is the culture that is located. That's the culture that exists. Chaos only exists in environments that allow it, right? Chaos only exists in environments that allow it. So if it's chaotic, then that's what we've allowed, and that has created what we would call a culture. And so now we're stuck with it. Why? Because that's what we created. So if we already know, and the reason I'm sharing this and starting off with some of these questions, if we already know what a first-time first shopper would say, a first-time guest who walks through the doors of our church would say, are we doing anything different to change that narrative, to change that culture, to change that perspective? It's not a bad thing. I remember the first, first week, I just started my new job uh, as lead pastor of the church, and uh, it's a church that had gone from 450 to about 60 over a 10-year period. And uh, just having conversations, and it's like first week I'm on the job, and the head usher comes up to me. He's like, hey, I just want you to know, Pastor, I got your back. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. I love Have my back. He goes, ain't nobody walking in this church with a hat on. I'll tell them right then and there, get your butt out. Oh, okay, perfect. Uh, let's have a conversation. And uh, I remember having this conversation with him about, hey, let me just unpack some things for you. What if said young man walks into the church, and it's the first time. He shows up five minutes late. He's wearing a hat. Um, and you ask him to remove it, and then he leaves the church and never comes back. Well, he should have been more respectful. I said, oh, I really appreciate that. Um, but what if that young man the night before um, was out partying with his friends, he's drinking, uh, and he has no purpose in his life, and for whatever reason, he decided in his hangover mentality to get up and just go to the doors of the closest church that was to him, and it just so happened it was ours, and he walks in lost, broken, and hurting, and the only thing he knows is you're not welcome because you're wearing a hat. Well, when you put it like that, Maybe when I put it like that, lost people are messy, right? That's just the way it's going to be. Why are we going to get intimidated because he has his hat on? 
So, so we'll kick him out for having his hat on, but if his breath stinks, what, you're going to monitor that too? Like you're passing out breath mints? Mm, you smell like you have a hangover, sir. Here, take some of these. We're not going to do that. And so right away, I said, that's not the culture we're going to have. That's not who we're going to be. And then, uh, of course, you, anybody know what happens next? The next week, hey, I need to have a meeting with you. Oh, okay, let's talk some more. Uh, we're thinking about leaving the church. Well, let me help you find a new one. <laughs> Uh, actually, they're still there. Um, and here's why. Because it's not about conflict, it's about conversation. And so I was willing to have, be intentional with the conflict because I just wanted to have conversation. And when he got to know the heart, everything else was fine, right? And, but the, why? Because that's a culture. It's setting it from the tone, all right? So as I unpack a bunch of content for you here today, write some things down. If the Spirit speaks to you, how many know that it doesn't have to be a Sunday morning at an altar for the Spirit to speak to you? He has the freedom and the liberty to do as he chooses and to move about the cabin as he He's free, right? And so take some notes, write some things down. Here we go. You ready? Three things I'm going to share with you today when it comes to guests, culture, and then how do we move. Uh, first thing is this. What do they see? What do they see? Before a guest ever walks through the doors of your church, you've already showed them who you are. What's your website say about you? What does your website say about you? How do people find out anything about any information today? They, they go to Google, they search something, and then they look at what? Reviews. Three, three things. They're going to look at your Google review. They're going to look at your Yelp review, if you're like maybe more of a restaurant type thing, uh, or they're going to look at your Facebook reviews. They will already find out who you are and what your culture are before they ever walk through the doors of the church. Most of our first-time guests that we see are like, hey, man, I just want you to know your website's really sharp. sharp. I picked it apart. Okay, cool. Man, love that you're here. I and I tell them, thank you so much for investigating because when it comes to your spiritual walk, I want to make sure that you know exactly what, what you're walking into. So we put it all out there. So what does your website say about who you are? Let me, let me ask you a question like this. Uh, every first-time guest who walks through the doors of your church, do you think they're scared or happy? They're scared. Have you ever been a guest at a church? I go to church when I'm on vacation because I just want to go somewhere where I don't have to be in charge of people and I can actually just, ah, right? Dude, I'm, I'm a pastor and I walk through and I'm like, oh, help me. This is a little awkward and you got to go find kids checking. You know, people are scared. They have anxiety about what's going to happen. Right? They're, they're, uh, there's some tension there. So what do you think as a first-time guest they're thinking about when they're walking in the doors? What do you think they're thinking? What's that? Where do I go? Good. What else? What's that? Am I being welcomed? That's good. Yep, bathrooms and trash cans. I love it. What else? What, what are guests thinking? Where do I take my kids? What are some other things? Those are good. You going to say something else? Would I put my kids in there or should I? Yeah, welcome to the uh, coronavirus. <laughs> I've not always been a Christian, so I make a joke. Uh, what I mean by that, I, I was not raised in a preacher, preacher's home. I did not find Jesus until I was in my 20s. And so I used to often have the tequila virus, which is opposite of the coronavirus. Very much so. Um, but, but here's the deal. Is, do I feel safe? Do they? I mean, just let that soak in. How many of you have kids? How many of you just walk into Walmart, find a complete stranger, and say, here you go, watch them for an hour, be back? You don't do that. But that's what we're expecting them to do in the church. Like, here you go, have fun. So there's some anxiety. So does our website communicate 
expectations? Does our, commu- does our website communicate in a way that their anxiety can go down? Do you have a landing page for first-time guests? Can you check your guests in before they ever get there? Can your kids be registered before they ever show up? Why? Because you've already, you've already gathered their information. If you can gather their information beforehand, you can make them feel like they're the most important person in the world when they walk through the doors of that church. Because you already, you've already signed it in. They're like, this is awesome. This is amazing. Why? Because you've already done the research. What type of pictures are on your website? When I, when you, when I ask that, though, it's culture. Is your church a grumpy church or a happy church? Well, if everybody on your website's like this, you're not a happy church. So you want pictures of people smiling, even if your church is not happy. Put pictures of people smiling up on there. You want pictures of families, pictures of kids in groups. You want people laughing. You want people serving. You want engagement. I heard this. We were just at a conference on Monday, Tuesday, and uh, someone said, you need pictures of your, your staff, your lead pastor on your website. And I was like, no, you don't. You want a picture of my wife on your, on, right? You don't. She serves with me. She's much better looking at him. Why? No, no, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. And they said, no, no, no. It's not for your ego. It's because people actually want to know who you are. Are you real? Are you approachable? And I went, oh, that makes sense. That's fine. You know what I mean? But it was always, I just felt like I don't want it to be about me. I, that's not who I want to be. But it makes sense because people want to get to know you. Uh, so website, social media, right? Have a communication strategy when it comes to social media. Why am I posting? What do I want people to hear and understand? What, am I, what do I want them to see when I make this post? Whether it's from your church or even your personal page, you can, right, you can make that known. So social media. Another thing, signage, right? Where are the restrooms? Where are the trash cans? What, do your, what are they seeing when they see your signs? Are they communicating with clarity? Are they simple? Where it's not nine million things on a piece that you're like, I don't understand what that means. I have five seconds to make this decision and I can't figure it out and I can't read it. Are they simple and they clear? Do they give the, do they give the message that you're welcome here? Right? Some things to think about. Parking lot. And we'll jump back into this later, but parking lot. If every first-time guest makes a decision, if they're going to come back within three to five minutes, they don't ever get to hear the preacher. They don't ever get to hear the band. They don't, they don't get to hear anything. They're making their judgment call even sometimes before they walk in the doors. So are you greeting them in the parking lot? And just for a minute, let this sink in. Do you have the guy in the parking lot? Do you ever see those guys on the corners with the signs, and they're twirling them and wheeling them, and they're just showing off, but they're not really engaging with the product they're trying to make sure you see? Don't have that person in your parking lot. You want the person that can smile, wave, and engage them in the process of, hey, so good to see you. You don't have to do it. You just have to wave and smile. And we'll talk about what, what are the expectations of someone in your parking lot ministry. Do they need to be sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, like set on fire in order to be engaged in that process? We'll talk about that in a little bit. All right, so what do they see? Uh, exterior of the facility. This is just a pet peeve of mine, so I'm not going to sit on this for a while because it will come across aggressive, and I don't want it to come across aggressive. But what does the exterior of your building look like? If you can't pull weeds in the flower beds, then how do you take care of people? Dr. Mark Rutland, one time I heard him speak, and he was like, when I got, first got to Southeastern, we found a flower bed. And we said, how much money is in the bank? That's where we're putting in that flower bed. And he's like, my staff and everyone there thought I was stupid. He goes, but that was the culture I was creating. We will do everything we do with excellence, and you will experience it from a flower bed all the way to the building and to our faculty. But it started with a flower. I was like, oh, he's speaking my language. Speak my language. So what does your exterior of your building say? Uh, first impressions team. What are they doing? What are they wearing? Uh, I don't know if you saw. I want, don't want to get in front of the speakers. Um, this happens to be my favorite saying. Uh, how can I help? How can I help? 
even though I can't help you, I'm going to ask because I just want to be engaged in conversation with you. How can I help? How can I help? What are, what are, what are your first impressions team saying? So when a guest walks in, what do they see? Oh, I saw everybody with these cool shirts on. They, had the, they, had, they were rocking their shirts, but they just talked to each other. They never talked to the guest. Probably not good for your first impressions team. We tell our first impressions team all the time, you can talk to each other after everybody's left. Right? When everybody's gone out of the building, then you, get to t you can talk. Don't talk to the people you get to see every week. You're looking. Your eyes are engaged for someone you've never seen before. All right, so first impressions team. Uh, and then last, what do they see? You want to create a welcome center that is simple. Have a spot where people can come and get engaged. Conversation, maybe fill out a connection card, but keep it simple. Do not print 372 pamphlets and put them on a table and go, look at all these things we have to offer. Just keep it to Jesus. It's their first time there. Right? Keep it simple. Right? The kiss method. Keep it simple. You can fill in the last act. Right? It's stupid. But here's, you know what I mean? Just keep it simple. You just want to engage them in conversation. You want to get to know them. Because every name, right, every face has a name. And every name has the potential to what? Be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. See them that way. Right? See them that simple. So that's the first thing. What do they see? Second thing. What do we say? Language builds culture. Language builds culture. So what are we saying? The culture is behaviors. Right? So you want to know how, what kind of culture you have? How do people behave? Right? But what do we say? Say the things that you want, you want to be seen. Right? That's the kind of the theme. I, I've heard it in so many sessions lately. Like, call it out in people. See it before they ever get there. Dream for them. So what do you want to be seen? You have to be willing to say it. First impressions meeting. We say things like, we say things like this. Uh, today, Sunday, this Sunday is somebody's first Sunday. Every Sunday, actually, is someone's first Sunday. So that means we have to be on our A game. Because we don't know who's coming through that door. We don't know, we don't know their experiences. We don't know where, they where the night before. But we have to be ready to experience whatever they're coming in. I'm going to greet them. I'm going to love them. And that's who I'm looking for. Because it's somebody's first Sunday. Right? So we've got to be able to walk through those kind of things with them. And never take things for granted. Uh, so, for instance, um, we, we train our team with our first impressions. And never walk up to somebody. Again, language. What do we say? Never walk up to somebody and say, oh, first time? What did we just say to them? I don't know you, uh, so you've probably never been here before, and we should know everyone. So what we do is we do a simple training that says never walk up to anybody and say, is this your first time? Oh, hey, I'm so-and-so. I have not had the privilege of meeting you yet. I don't have the privilege of meeting you yet. Let me shake your hand. Now what have you done? You lowered the anxiety. You didn't go, oh, gosh, I just asked them if it's the first time. Because if you ask somebody it's the first time and they go, oh, I've been here for five weeks. What did you, all they know is they have no value. Like, oh, I've been here for five weeks. Glad you cared. You're like, no, how can I care for everybody who walks through the doors? You can't. However, culture, I haven't had the privilege of meeting you yet. Everybody can say that because it's every Sunday is someone's first Sunday. Uh, one of the things that we do for our first impressions team as well, uh, and then also for our production, uh, we have pre-service meetings. And do you know what we say in our pre-service meetings? Culture. Over and over and over again. It's so important to us, it's plastered on the walls where we meet. It's culture. We say the same things over and over and over again. So we cover our core values, because values is what creates culture. Okay? So when we, we talk to our service hosts, when they, uh, we, have, we call service hosts. They walk through the people who do announcements. 
um, we, when you walk onto the stage, there's somewhat of a script every week, and it rotates week one, week two, week three, week four, week five. So that way it's not ever like, oh gosh, why? Hopefully you're always getting new guests and they need to hear the culture and your people in your seats need to hear the culture so that they, it can be ingrained in them and that's truly who they are. So you have to say it over and over and over and over again, right? Uh, one of the things that our, first, uh, our service host said uh, is, hey, you may have showed up here this Sunday and you were a guest, but when you leave, we want you to be family. We say it all the time. Do you know what the best compliment as a pastor is, is when I talk to somebody after service, I always, I always stand at the door and shake hands. I guess Sunday it'll be, what are we doing now? We're kicking toes or doing elbows or something because you can't shake hands. Um, but whatever you do, I stand at the door and people will be like, hey, you said this morning that first time we show up, we're guests, but when we leave, you want us to be family. That's not just something you say. Your church believes it and lives it. Come on, that melts my heart. Like, yes, we're doing it. Culture. Like, yes, it's not just something we say. It's not a mission statement on the wall. And we're like, oh, that's really creative. Someone's a great wordsmith. No, we believe it. We live it out every day. Like, oh, man, your first impressions, they, just, they went above and beyond. And you'll see why I say those words in a minute. They just, they walked me through the whole church. They helped me pour my coffee. They stirred it for me. They, they helped me drink it. I don't know, whatever it is, but, but they were there. One time we had a family visit the church, and uh, after service I got to know them and chatted with them. And it just so happened it was the third Sunday. So on the third Sunday, we communicate about our life groups. And so we say things like, we, oh, well, like we say this every time on third Sunday, we're better together. You need to be in a life group because we are better together. And we have an invite culture. Everyone in our life groups is encouraged to invite somebody all the time. Had a new guest come. Chatted with them after service. They were like, hey, I may want to know more about that life group. Hey, you're more than welcome. I'd love to have you come to my life group. Chatted with them. They went to the Chipotle in town after service. <laughs> they came back the next week, and they were like, I just want you to know your culture worked. Uh, we saw two families from church that recognize us, and they both invited us to their life group. And I was like, dude, you were at church one time, and you got invited to three life groups. I think, and I think through that, and you're like, oh, that's bad. I would rather err on the side of we love you too much than we don't care. Then, oh, man, I don't, I'm getting invited to anything. Everybody invites me to everything. Why? Because we have an invite culture. So you've got to have that culture. So what are we saying? What are we saying? And we have to be consistent and clear with it. Always bring clarity. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is who we are. This is what we do. Number three, uh, what do we send? Sorry, we don't have time. What do we send? So what, what do you send home with every first-time guest? So we had a great system. We loved it. We, we liked our gift bag that we sent home with them. And then uh, I went and saw my buddy Ben over here. He invited us up, and we went to Journey Community Church in Fairview Park, which is a great church. And uh, so we were up there, and we want to hear him lead worship, which Ben is a phenomenal worship leader. And so we were up there, and we are engaging with it. And I didn't tell – I don't like to tell people I'm a pastor. I just want to go and get the experience. Dude, their first impressions team, you want to go get – you want to go learn how to do it? Journey's on it. Like, I, I was like, they don't even know who I am, and I feel like I feel like I could become a pastor right now because of the way they're greeting me. This is amazing. Just a great culture, and I was so engaged in it. And then the gift that they sent home, I was like, this is really good. Uh, this would look really good in Wadsworth. <laughs> and so you know what we do? We do a bag, and we give away a free Redbox rental. And so that stapled is a creative saying. Now, we didn't steal it all, and how many know there's nothing new under the sun? So we're just stealing everybody's ideas for the kingdom of God. It's all about souls, though. 
So a little bit different, but same concept. Same concept. Why? Because I went and I was like, this really works. And it helps us create the culture we're wanting to see. Because if you're leaving as a family, families need to hang out together. So, hey, here's a box of candy, a free movie rental, and a bag of popcorn on us so you can be family. See how that works? What you give, what you send, also communicates culture. Right? Because we're family. All right, so make sure you do that. Uh, Real quick, I'm going to throw it up here. And if you're ever interested, we can send it to you. It's really hard to see. um, But if you don't have a process for people, then why would people stay? If you don't have a process of communication that's clear, then we may be missing something. So this right here is our whole new guest follow-up process. It's two pages of what we do from attendance to follow-up to second week to third week to fourth week. There's a whole process. It's very strategic. It makes sense. Uh, Something, we actually uh, modified this even just a couple weeks ago. Uh, All the research is saying that someone wants to hear from you the day they're at church. And I, I disagree. But all the research says it does. And so I started asking people, if you were at church, because I disagreed with it, so that means it was probably false. Uh, If you come to church, would you want someone reaching out to you the first day you were there? Actually, it would be kind of nice to know that they noticed me. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. No, that's the way I wanted it, but not the way they wanted it. And so we've made some changes. Um, But we go from, man, whether it's parking lot, kids check in. Our kids check-in people, our parking lot people, our impressions people, our service host person, we're all saying the same thing with the same language. And then you, you go down to the gift, same language. Um, then we added something new because we thought it was cool that uh, if you're in the parking team, uh, we're going to put these little cards, not under, not under the wiper because that's always a bad idea and annoying, but we're going to stick them right on the driver's side of the window, just a little card. It says, thank you so much for coming to our church. It was great getting to know you today, and we're going to have the parking attendant sign it with their name. So that way they know they're, right, it's personal. It's not, you're just not a, another number. Uh, but then you walk through and we will send a text message. Day of, has to go out by 2 p.m. Uh, a welcome letter. People still like receiving mail when it's not junk. And so we send, well, maybe our welcome letter is junk. Uh, but then we send it out in mail. And then we send another text message out on Saturday night. Hey, don't forget we do this thing again called church. Right, we'd love to see you on Sunday, this Sunday. Like you can come more than once a month, honestly. Uh, you don't have to be like our members. You can show up. Um, second week, an email goes out, there's information in there, we mail or email information based on, if you gather information on a connection card, follow up with them. If someone says, I want to be a part of your life group, and you never follow up with them, then you don't really care if they're in your life group. If someone writes on a connection card, I want, I want to get to know Jesus, and you don't bring them Jesus, then do we really want them to know about Jesus? So if they check something on a connection card, make sure you follow up with them. So that's what we do on week two. We follow up with them. And then again, uh, we send another text out. This time, instead of on Saturday, we send it out on Friday. Right? Just changing it up a little bit. And then you get to the next page, uh, three and four. We email out a guest survey. We love hearing from people. We want to know about your experience. We wanna, so we ask 10 questions in our guest survey. Just tell us what your experience was like. Did you like it? What was the first thing you noticed? And we ask for how can we improve? And some people, they have the boldness to put it because they're the ones that didn't come back. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but they do. They're like, hey, this is just something I noticed. Would love, could you do this? Huh, really good. Love that. Let's implement that. Why? Because we were willing to listen to people. Uh, and then we get to week four. Uh, then one of us as a pastoral staff will call them. Again, another text on a Saturday night. And then additional steps. There's always an invitation to come to, uh, whether it's a growth track or another step, next step in their journey. 
sounds pretty simple, right? Here's the awesome thing. We just found a new group um, that we pay, and it's like 32 bucks a month, and they will do all that for us, and it's all scheduled. And I never have to do it again because I did all that. I was like, this is bad, uh, and now I don't have to do it because it's all digital. It's all done, and it's just a great way to do first guest follow-up. All right, so that's, that's what happens when we look at um, the word culture and first impressions, and we kind of mix them together. Uh, but the next thing I want to mention is just culture. They say culture will eat your vision for lunch. That's what they say, that your culture will eat your vision for lunch. Like you have this big vision, and you're going to reach, and you're going to do this, but if you don't have the right culture, then it's always going to eat your vision. What are you implementing? Why are you implementing it? Cultures are behaviors, and they start from the top down. So one of the, sy the system that we have is I I'm communicating constantly to the staff. We have what we call culture questions every month that we have to answer. We're constantly going through our culture. So I'm feeding it to the staff. And then when we have our pre-service meeting, I'm feeding it in that moment. But then, what's hap then what we ask is all of our staff to feed that same culture to those that serve in their ministries. And then they serve it to their coordinators. Those coordinators are encouraged to what? Feed that same culture to the people on their teams. So as of last week, we had 180 people who volunteer in our church. Right? Now, understand, we're not, that, we're not that big of a church. And some of you are like, that sounds, that sounds like a really large number. Part of our culture is, and we're going to get to this again in a little bit, is save people, serve people. You've got a relationship with Jesus. You found Jesus, you should be serving someone. It's important. So that's, we, we measure that. I, I, the reason I know that number off the top of my head is because I'm always looking at it. I look at that number probably more than I look at the budget number. <laughs> Which, maybe that's not a good thing, but maybe that's true. Um, but, but you... Why? Because it's something we want to see. It's a, it's a culture of our church, and so cultures are behaviors, and it starts from the top down. And these aren't suggestions, they're expectations. You know, it's like in, it's in the scripture. It says, I, I love, like this week, uh, our message in both campuses, we're talking about going. Right? Go into all the world. That's not a suggestion. That's not something you go, you know what, let me pray about that, Jesus. It's a great suggestion. I'm going to pray about it, and maybe in a year I'll go. No, 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 we're just supposed to go. It's a commandment. So go. Why, why wait? We don't have to pray about it. We got to think about it. We just need to do it. Everybody's got a story. I just heard this the other day. Facts tell, stories sell. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a testimony. And your, if your testimony is, man, I've lived, I grew up in church. I've never sinned. I, I love Jesus with everything. I'm, that's your story. How awesome. I wish I had that story. I wish I didn't know what I'd already done and I had to repent of all the fill in the blank. I wish I was a church kid. But that's your story. So tell people about it. So we're all, in, we're all asked to go. So it's not suggestions. They're expectations. And you have to intentionally create a healthy culture. It's inten you have to be intentional with it. If you're leading any type of area of ministry, you will get tired of saying the same things over and over and over again. You will. But the people probably won't because it's like they're hearing it. And they're going to hear your passion. They're going to sense your passion. And so it's so, so important. Real quick, uh, I'm going to give you four values that we do at Radiant Life Church. Uh, they're really simple. Uh, we value love so people matter. We value unity. We're better together. We value attitude. I can, I can, and I can. And we value passion. And so we want to see people go beyond it. That's it. We, this is what we value. And so these values become truly our culture because we're constantly communicating it. And language is important when it comes to your values. So under those values, we value love, people matter. People are more important than projects. 
There's a lot of work to, done, to be done in the church. I got a meeting, I got this. People are always more important than projects. That's why every Sunday is someone's first Sunday. People are more important. So if you have a job, you have a role, and you're like, oh, I was supposed to be doing this, but I got pulled out because someone needed me. Thank you, because people are more important than projects. Because without people, we don't have a church. Right? We don't have anything. So people are more important than projects. When it comes to unity, we're better together. We rally together for common goals. Go on social media. If I told you to go on social media right now and you begin looking, how many know that you're not going to agree with everyone on your feed? Or half. You're going to have different views, different strategies. Why don't you look for what's right and what's common? I'm, I'm, not, big, I'm not big with posting on social media because uh, it's just not... I, I'm, I'm more of what's called a troll. I look at it every day, and I'll like things, but I don't ever post. Uh, so I'm more of a troll on social media. Uh, but I always challenge people with it like this on social media. One, does it need to be said? Are you the right person to be saying it? And is this going to help draw people closer to the kingdom of God? Or does it alienate them? I'm not saying you can't post it, because who the sun sets free is free indeed. you got a lot of freedom. But is it the wisest? Like, oh, this will help people. No, this is going to alienate half of my friends list. So then maybe let's not post. Why? Again, that's culture because we're better together. We value passion. We're going beyond. You give your best for his best. You've got to give your best for his best. Jesus, what if Jesus on the cross went, you know what? I'm only going to get half of me for half of you. He didn't. He gave his very best for each of us. He held nothing back. Why do we hold back? Oh, I'm just tired. I don't want to. Uh, no, always give your very best because he gave his very best. So go after it. Go beyond. Dream big. Live it out. We value attitude. I can, I can. So if we can, we will. If we can, we will. Let's try it. Let's do it. Why not? If we can, we will. Flying. Almost done. So here, here's the thing. So you got first impressions. You got guests. And now the heart of this class is how do we take guests? Okay, and then how do we get them ingrained into our culture? So that's why I went, you see how I did that? Talked about guests first, and then I talked about culture second. But the heart of it is, how do you get them from a guest ingrained into your culture? You gotta have on-ramps. You gotta have a system, you gotta have a structure, you gotta have a process that takes them from a guest to, and then fill in the blank, whatever it is you want from them. So we talk about our next steps process. Again, our culture, is what? We value unity, so we're better together. So when we talk about our life groups, it's doing life together because we are better together. So every third Sunday, we talk about life groups. We want every person in our church in a life group. And I won't be happy until it is. For those of you who went to Angel's Enneagram class, if any of you were in there, I'm a three, and so I'm an achiever. I won't be happy until every single person is in a life group. So we're going to keep talking about it, keep pushing it until you're, until you're there and so you're going, man, I get this. I think I should be in a life group. Every year, we shut down our life groups over summer. And do you know what everybody tells me? Please don't split us up. Please don't split us up. Please don't split us up the next year. We love these people. We love these people. Don't you dare split us up. Don't you dare split us up. And do you know what I do every September when we relaunch them? I split them up. <laughs> I'm a jerk. No, I'm not. But here's the deal. Is, is I hear you. And I'm so glad I get to hear that. Why? Because they, are, they got to know each other. They let their walls down. They were vulnerable, and they got to experience truly that real relationship with each other. And we, we love that. 
but we love that so much that we want you to do it again with somebody else, right? Because there's always going to be a new guest. There's always going to be somebody that needs the invite. We don't want to see clicks. We don't want to see us, us four no more. No. Always be willing to let go of hands and open new people into your community. Expand your horizons, your territory. But that happens when we have on-ramps. So life groups, serving. The best way to serve God is by serving others. Best way to serve God is by serving others. We say it every fourth Sunday. And we do a volunteer of the month every fourth Sunday. And then we talk about how can you get, how can you become uh, a volunteer? How can you serve on a dream team at Radiant Life Church? Easy. Go right out there to our connection center. You can fill out a form. It's all digital. You don't have to go see, we were just in a class where it was like, if you have to go see sister so-and-so to sign up for something, no one's ever going to sign up for anything because they don't know who sister so-and-so is. But if you have a process that everybody can engage in and a system and a structure, they'll do it. And so why do we constantly tell them, right? Facts tell, stories sell. We sell them a story. We bring people up that are, oh, man, this person's so awesome. This is what they've done. And we, we celebrate them. Give them a five dollars. They don't know, but it's a five dollar Starbucks gift card if you're a volunteer of the month. I mean, that's game changing right there. Five dollars. That'll get you a half a half a cup of coffee at Starbucks these days, right? But we celebrate them. Why? Because it's a culture. We want everybody in, in engaged in serving. When I say on ramps, uh, if and I'm and I'm saying this, you know, facetiously joking. Uh, if if someone has to be a mature believer to serve on your parking team, then then you don't have a culture and an on ramp for guests. I said this the other day. I probably shouldn't have said it, and I know i got to wrap up, and we're going to take some questions. Um, I said this the other day. I probably shouldn't have said it. Sometimes when I preach, things fly out, and they're not on my notes. Uh, my, if my wife is not present, she's my filter, and so I just, <laughs> out it comes. And I'm like, dang, that was bad. Um, but what I said the other day is, listen, we need people in our parking lot ministry. This is what I need you to do. Every, save people, serve people. If you're saved, you should be serving somewhere. If you're not serving, man, we'd love to have you on our parking lot team. This is what we need you to do. Actually, I don't even know if you need to be saved to be on our parking lot team. You're, if you don't even know Jesus, you're okay. Can you wear a vest? Can you hold a sign and can you smile? Then you're perfect for the job. So I had a, I had a lady come up to me at church, after church and she goes, were you serious? I said I was, yeah. She goes, my son has been coming for about four or five weeks and I know who he is. Um, think that may help him because he's he's coming but he's you know he's not really falling after Jesus and he hasn't surrendered yet but I think if he gets around people and the right people it's going to help him and I said okay I sent him an email hey bro here's the link to sign up for our parking lot ministry we need you I told him we need him and I know what he's going to ask back uh I'm not a member of your church I'm not sure if Jesus is really real and you want me to serve in your parking lot ministry can you smile? Can you wave? And can you wear an uh, ugly-looking orange vest? You're perfect for the ministry. It's an on-ramp. Why? Because if they hang out long enough, then they're going to hear your culture. If they hang out long enough and they get ingrained into the culture, then you're probably going to be able to retain them. And then just watch what Jesus will do in their life. Right? Exponential. You'll see some growth in there. All right? So serve. you got to get people plugged into serving. I know what you're thinking. Hey, Pastor, what do you do with the, like, you let people serve in kids' ministry week two? No. First of all, we lock our building down like it's Fort Knox, and you ain't coming anywhere near our kids. All right, second of all, you have to fill out an application. We do a criminal background check. You need two references, and you have to walk through this eight-page document of training. You still want to work in kids? 
Oh, by the way, in our process and procedures, you have to be a part of the church for 90 days before you could ever serve in our children's ministry. And if you want to teach, you have to be a member. That's a whole different ballgame. Then they're like, oh, parking lot it is. <laughs> right? Why? No, no, no. Kid, teaching kids is a whole different ballgame. I don't, you, you don't have to, like, I feel like I am a sanctified, holy, spiritual, and I believe in spiritual, okay, I'm an assembly God preacher, right? I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't need you to speak in tongues as people are pulling into the church parking lot. I just need you to, what, smile, wear the orange jacket, and wave. That's all I need you. I see you. That's it, that's it, okay? Uh, and then the last one for us, um, you think about experiences like Sunday morning or even spiritual growth. So we, every second Sunday, so we'll say it this week, uh, Katie will be saying it, uh, you don't drift in a good direction. Right? You grow daily or you die gradually. You say one of those two things on the second Sunday. Why? Because it's important. We want to see people experiencing the life-changing power of God. We want to put you in environments that allow that to happen. Right? You've got to be in his word. We have classes you can come to, and we talk about those classes, growth tracks, whatever it is. You, you're promoted because it's a part of your culture, right? It's culture. So we have guests into the culture. You want people leaving, going, it's not just something you say, it truly is someone who you are. Whew. That was a lot for right after lunch, wasn't it? That was like drinking from a fire hose. I feel like I just vomited on you for the past 40 minutes. You're welcome. You don't even have to clean it up, right? So here we are, we got about 10 minutes left-ish, uh, 10 to 12 minutes left. What's What's a question you have that everybody else could answer in the room other than me? Yes. Great question. All right, so we have some signs, some A-frame signs. Uh, as soon as you pull in, it says, new here, turn on your hazards. So everybody in the parking lot is looking for what? Hazards. I'm looking for, I'm looking for you know, the dude who's been here for 47 years. Not that he's not important, but he already has his parking spot. So we put cones out, right? Both of our campuses put cones out, and they put them, and they're the front spots because you're our guests. We don't want our guests sitting parking in the back. We let them park up front, right? I won't say what I was going to say. I was biting my tongue on that one. Um, but when your hazards come on, we wave at you, we remove the cone, and you get that front spot. And then we just say, oh, man, so good to have you. I hope you have a great experience here. If you walk through the doors, when you go through the doors of the church, uh, each campus is a little bit different, but uh, at the Wadsworth campus, if you go to the right, that's our welcome center, and we'd love to just get to know you. Have a great service, and off they go. If you're in one of those spots, you're getting a card. Now, we'll, we may miss people, because either one, they don't turn on their hazards, right, or they run over the cone, and they don't care, and they park there. We, don't, we won't know one of those two ways, right, but that's a great question. That's how we do it. If you're in that spot, you're getting a card. And there are guests, so we want them as close to the front doors as possible. Great question. What else? Yep. a great question. 
so the church I inherited, uh, I did not plant a church. As I said, the ch- our, actually we celebrate 90 years this year of existence. Um, we act- last year we buried uh, two sisters that were 92 and 101, and their parents founded the church, and that's the only church they ever knew. They, like, you were older than the church. Like, it was awesome. Um, when I got to the church, it wasn't, again, the culture was, they didn't have a culture, and if it was, it was bad, right? You can't wear a hat, can't, I mean, you couldn't, there was more rules of the things you couldn't do than the things you were allowed to do, okay? I loved people, and I led people. I didn't make drastic changes. I just went in and just, what did, what do I see? What am I going to say? And what am I going to spend? So I would see it, and then I would just start asking questions. Hey, oh, this is this is really interesting. Why is it that we do this? Um, anybody ever, uh, maybe your church has them, um, and it's okay if you do. We, we didn't like ours because um, they were bug infested. But uh, at one point with the Brownsville movement, there was a big thing with banners and waving banners and uh, not just waving banners, but creating banners that would hang on walls, like Shekinah glory, and uh, like they were bedazzled. Um, and so we had these banners in our church that were like 10, 12, 15 feet tall, six feet wide, and they were big, and they were bedazzled. And I said, hey, tell me, tell me a, little about, a little about these banners. Where'd they come from? So I got the heart of where these banners came from. The women's ministry, one person made one, another person got jealous, so they made one. Then another person got jealous, and they made one. So it was a constant fight of whose banner got put on the stage. And I went, hmm, that's really good. I'm glad to see we've made Jesus known by our competition of who's first. It's almost as like Jesus talked about this with, hey, can I sit at your right? Can I say, like, the brothers? Like, hey, can I see your right, left? Like, Jesus, I just want to be known by you. And so right away, I just asked, I asked the questions. I got the history of it. And then I said, what would happen if we didn't have the banner? And then I found out, well, all those people left the church anyway. I went, oh, perfect. They didn't take their banner with them. Let's help them. And so uh, we, we just took them down. But I didn't take them down and say they're ugly. I didn't take them down and say they have no purpose. I didn't take them down and shame anybody. I just said, tell me more about these. Ask questions. Then from there, once you have those questions, then what do you say? What if? Man, I see that, but what if? Have you ever thought? Have you ever dreamed? Like, wouldn't it be great if we had this? And they're like, <laughs> you know what? That would be great. Let's do it. You're just getting them to buy in. Culture is like when you're communicating your values that, that create a behavior. And so you have your culture. You're just constantly communicating it nice and easy. Don't try to turn that boat in a day because people will just love them. Because once, once they know they're loved, they'll allow you to lead them. Every, so when I say this, that our church got down to 60 people, I officiated 23 funerals in the first 18 months. My preaching was so bad, people were dying to get to Jesus. Like, it was that bad. That's how old. And it wasn't a bad thing. I'm grateful for the remnant that I was able to receive with that 60 that were there. Because we're trying to change the city. And they're, they're still there. We only lost one old person when I came. And that, she was like 90 years old. And she said, if you're going to use a sound system, I'm not coming to your church. And I was like, uh, I didn't even know that was an option. And I said, we're going to use a sound system. And she never came back. Okay. I'm okay with it. But I, that wasn't, it wasn't a culture thing. It's just the sanctuary seats 375 people 
it was like 50 by 120. Like you'd be at the back of the room and you want me to just be like, this is what God says. Yep. Can you hear me? No. Good. She's like, but I'll hear you. And that's all that matters. No, lady, there's more to this world than you. But she didn't get it. And that was okay. Um, but just love him and lead him. What else? Anybody else have anything to add to that? Digital. The first week you fill out a card. That's it. What? Yeah, there's nothing. And you can do digital uh, connection cards. We tried it for like a year, and no one used it. And I was like, well, this is dumb. Um, but it's good. if it works in your context, keep doing it. So we just push connection card, connection card. If they fill out a card, they get another gift. We bribe people for the name of Jesus. Um, they get a coffee mug that they can take and only if they fill out the card. And we put the mugs right with the bags. So when people are like, oh, what about that mug? You can get you one of them mugs. Here's this card. Give me 30 seconds of your time and you'll get this $4 mug. And then we do the process from there. If they don't fill out a card, um, one another way that we can get information is if they check their kids in, if they have kids. Um, because in order to check your kid in, you gotta give us your email. And once you give us your email, then I will stalk you. And you can opt out. On this process, at any time, you can opt out. So if they don't like getting the email, unsubscribe. They don't like getting the text, unsubscribe. And we're, that's okay. We're fine with that. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, text in church. So it's like up to, I think it's 200 a month. It's like 30 bucks. If you go above that, you get to 500 a month. It's like 50 bucks a month. I don't have anything printed out, um, but I will give you, if you can email me, lance at myrlc.family, and anything and everything we have. We probably took it from somebody else anyways and just made it ours, so I would be more than happy to share anything we have. Uh, it's all free, and I can send it to you in Word format and PDF, so if you just want to put your logo on it because you really like it, do it. You want to change the font? Like, I'm a little OCD, so everything we do has the same font. So if you find it in there, it's always going to have the same font. So if you're just weird like that, then it should. Yeah, Lance at myrlc.family. Dot family. Lance at myrlc.family. It's even how we chose our web, our domain name was dot family. It was like, oh, that's culture. We'll take it. Dot family. Yeah, Lance at myrlc.family. And we'll give it all to you. Again. We probably took it from somebody else because we like to share. Good stuff. Everybody feel pretty good? How was lunch? Everybody feel pretty good? Uh, when you come to a conference like this, are you like, man, that's a lot of information. How do I digest it? Uh, let me just help you with this. It's not it, I'm not even going to take an offering for this one. Um, whenever I go somewhere and I take a lot of notes and I'm at a conference or I read a book, uh, I always ask two questions. What did I read? What did I learn? What did I experience? And then the second question is, what am I going to do about it? Right? So what you, would you learn, and now what do I do about it? But don't feel like because you've learned something, you've got to go and, oh, we're going to blow everything up, and we're going to change this whole system or structure. Just pump the brakes. What's one thing that you learned, and what's one thing you could do about it? Right? What's one thing you learned? 
But one thing you can do about it. Change, is, change doesn't have to be, we're going to change everything all at once. Change can be slow, methodical, well thought out, and just one change at a time. Just one at a time. Move the piano one inch at a time. I no longer have a piano in our church. But we had a baby grand on the platform. But we don't have one anymore. I've been there eight and a half years. But we just moved it a little bit at a time. Uh, it took a little bit. But here's the deal. It wasn't just me. So remember the 90-year-old? So we actually sold our building and they ripped it down. And the building had been there for 65 years. And they tore it down. Little lady, wheelchair, 90-something years old. We're in a business meeting talking about should we sell, shouldn't we sell. And all of a sudden, uh, there's great, we're having good dialogue, but you can feel there's a little bit of tension. I mean, some of the people have been there 40, 50 years, and they're like, you're going to tear this thing down. Don't. She raises her hand, asks for a microphone. We walk over a microphone in this, just the sweetest old lady tone, real soft. Pastor, we've been in this location for 65 years, and it hasn't helped us at all. I say we sell. All right, time to vote, kids. And uh, so we voted, and it was a unanimous decision. Why? Because it wasn't just me. She was bought in. And once she said it, you're going to argue with the oldest living member of our church? Her parents founded the church. You're going to yell at her and say, you're wrong? No. You ain't going to do that. But the culture that was created over time, she had the buy-in. Her husband had the buy-in. Her husband is 84 years old, still serves on my board today. Today. Loves it. He's like, Pastor, whatever you want. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. Why? Because my grandkids are going to start coming to this church. He's like, I don't care if my friends come. I'm going to grandkids here. He bought into the culture. He's getting it. Nice and slow. Nice and slow. Don't, offend, don't, don't run everybody off the first day. Nice and slow. Give them time. Give them at least a year until you kick them out. All right? Nice and slow. All right. Let me pray for you, and then we're done. And then you've got 15 minutes until you get to your next session. Lord, I pray that... Uh, for all my friends here today, I know that they're drinking truly from a fire hose and they're going from session to session and they finish lunch and they're tired and they have to get up early. God, I just pray that you would re-energize their spirit or that for the last breakout and the last main session, that, that they would be alive, uh, their, heart, their minds would be sharp, and that they'd be able to receive even more from you today. Lord, I pray that when they leave and they go back to their communities, that the passion that they have for their local church and their city would be like never before. Lord, that the, the flame would just be ablaze truly for you and your glory. What they've learned in any of this session today, may they use it truly for the furtherance of your kingdom. In Jesus' name.